My name is Brad. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from lust, anxiety, and control. I grew up in a loving home that attended church and sent me to private Christian school, but Christ was not a part of our home. I otherwise had a great childhood playing baseball and riding my bike until the streetlights came on, until my world was rocked by my parents announcing they were getting a divorce and we were moving from a small town private Christian school to a large city and a public school. It was around this same time that a neighborhood friend shared some Playboy magazines with me. And with that and the divorce and the move, it was the first time I remember feeling anxiety. At the new school, I had a hard time making friends at first, but a group accepted me with with open arms was was the party crowd. I started drinking, smoking pot, and having inappropriate relationships with women. And providentially, I ended up going to live with my aunt and uncle in London, England for the summer before my senior year of high school. And they spent the entire summer sharing Christ with me, answering questions, staying up late, and showing me what godliness looks like. I remember praying to God saying, I don't know you, but I want to. When I got back to Texas, I started partying again, and that was basically age 13 through 19. I stayed out of trouble enough to get into Texas A&M, but barely. And my freshman year in college saw me sleeping with my girlfriend and partying while being a, being a fish in the core uh, in the core cadets at Texas A&M. One night, my girlfriend asked me, "What happens if I get pregnant?" And that question, for some reason, shook some sense into me. I had no reason to believe at the time she was pregnant, but looking back, it is very possible that she may have been. And I had, and had an abortion without my knowledge because my response at the time was outwardly very dismissive. But in my heart, it caused me to cry out to God. And I asked God to get me out of this situation, sleeping with my girlfriend, partying all the time. And the next morning, I got a phone call from a friend or from someone asking me to come uh, interview for a summer job. And it was selling books door to door in southern Indiana. Why I agreed to this, I have no idea. But he was a believer, and it seemed like everyone else I was going with was a belie- were believers, and even a lot of my customers that summer were believers. And that summer, my girlfriend broke up with me, and mostly because I wasn't around to party, and I fully committed to Christ. My life changed drastically, so much so that the party crowd back in college barely recognized me, and the Christians were suspicious. But even with that radical change, I held on to what I thought were a few pet sins, one of those being pornography. After I'd been married for a few years to my lovely wife, Katie, and she was pregnant with our first son, I realized I had a porn problem, or I should say I had a sin problem that was showing up as a porn problem. I had been going to Regen for a few months for vague lust struggles, but it wasn't until I was a few steps in that my wife and I were driving together, and someone on the radio said, all men struggle with lust, and 90% look at porn, even in the church. My wife thought that was crazy, and I said I didn't think it was that far off, and she said, but but you don't look at porn. And so that's how I boldly confessed. (laughs) Through the steps, I learned the beauty of confession and a clean conscience, but I also discovered there was a lot more God wanted to do in my life other than what brought me in the door. 
Though I had a lot, I've had a lot of freedom from lust, anxiety, and people-pleasing and control over the course of the past 11 years or so, I still struggle at times. When I gave my leader testimony up here about 10 years ago, the person who did the recap of my testimony said, and this is true, I think Brad just set the record for the number of times the word masturbation was used on stage. I only used it once this time, Leonard. Thank God, by God's grace, my life is now different. There is a reason I still hang around Regen. I need the reminders. I've gone through good seasons, dry seasons, hard seasons, but when I do, I confess and repent. That is the greatest takeaway from the steps, having the tools to continuously recover and turn back to Christ. These tools came in handy over the past few years when I went through what I would describe as the dark night of my soul, or some might call it a Christian version of a midlife crisis. My faith in Christ never wavered, but the Jesus I knew and loved and had followed for over 20 years seemed silent. Everything I did in my work seemed to fail. It felt very dark and very sad and more than anything, frustrating. Through friends who listened and cared for me, I eventually recognized that I was in what is sometimes called the wall. It's a God-directed period of disillusionment designed to strip away ego and idols. I knew the only thing I could do during that time was to sit and wait. Just try that on for size if you struggle with control. Once I understood what God was doing, the circumstances were not easier, but it was easier to bear, to trust, and obey. During that time, I learned that deep down, I wrongly and unknowingly believed that the blessings in my life came from my ability and not God's kindness. This was sin, and God was kindly rooting it out. This was a hard period in my life. My encouragement to you is that when, not if, you find yourself in a season like my dark night of the soul, don't respond unhealthily like we see so often in the news with church leaders, falling into sexual or financial sin, or burning yourself out trying to double down in ministry as if that will solve the issue. Be a man or woman who so trusts Jesus that you will sit and wait in the silent darkness until his purpose for that time is complete in you. Today I lead region groups and serve in the marriage ministry here at Watermark, and my life has largely been marked by faithfulness where it was once largely self-seeking. Regular study of God's word where it was once doing what seems right to me. Community where, where it was once isolation. But God's work in me will not be done until the day of Christ Jesus. I pray that we would all throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary heart. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3. One more thing I want to leave with you, and the Regen curriculum repeats this often. God loves you. You are fearfully and wonderfully designed, and you have incredible value. 
Your sin separated you from God, but God went to previously unimaginable, extraordinary lengths to bring you back to him. Now, if you are in Christ, he wants most of all for you to know him and enjoy him forever. That's why we're here, not just to work steps, but for abundant life in Christ. Psalm 1611 says, you will make known to me the path of life and your presence is fullness of joy and in your right hand are pleasures forever. Thank you for listening tonight. My hope for you and for myself is what God often says after he gives a command in the Old Testament, that we would obey so that it would go well for you. God loves you. He wants your life and mine to be abundant with joy, peace, and love. My name is Brad. I have a new life in Christ, and I'm recovering from lust, anxiety, and control. And may God get the glory for what he has done.